we think that we couldn't travel through time or thoughts or consciousness, but we're doing that all the time. So if if we're worried about something, we've moved into the future and that our attention is in the future. If we're, you know, reminiscing about something, we're in the past. And so our our ability to navigate on a multidimensional level is so natural that we almost overlook it. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are in the world right now. Our guest today is Sheila Applegate. She has developed an intimate relationship with the divine. Sheila, through her 30 years of channeling, has forged a path to access all levels of consciousness. Sheila shares this process through consciously awesome noctic adventures to help you reclaim your divine connection and live your best life. She is a conscious life coach and the author of One, The Portal to Love and Creator. This is her story and this is her passion. Sheila, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here with you. I just, I mean, I love I love you and I love your experiences. Let's dive right in. Um, your incredible connection with the divine and channeling. I'm sure most of the audience know, but what 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 is channeling and who are you channeling? You know, I like to think of channeling as sort of a spectrum. In the in the most basic way, we all do it, right? <laughs> and we think of a maybe a sports star who's in the zone or a creative who is, you know, divinely inspired to write. That's all channel. Even if we're on the phone with a friend and suddenly we're giving advice to the friend and thinking, oh, I should listen to this myself, <laughs> you know, that's a form of channeling. So it moves from that space into what I've now started to call trans channeling, um, just to be more clear that that means that I'm also expanding my attention to include divine beings and allowing them to use me as a vessel to speak to you with information. And I started working with Mary Magdalene um, many years ago. And from there, um, she introduced me to Isis. And then I kind of expanded out to different beings. And now I channel all different beings. It, um, and I'm pretty comfortable with knowing uh, myself and allowing the frequency with which I hold space so that whoever I'm working with comes in from a frequency that I'm comfortable with. Oh, you explained that so beautifully. And and many people wish to channel. I mean, as you said, we're doing it all the time. I originally doubted myself. Of course, you don't. How, how do you know that some people say, I'm just making this up. Well, what's your <laughs> advice for that? <laughs> you know, I do think we all, because it's so much more natural than the world has led us to believe, I think we can feel like we're making it up um, at times. I was actually the opposite of wanting to do this. In fact, I had already been studying and doing readings, communicating with loved ones who'd crossed over and spirit guides. And I was working with Magdalene as a spirit guide. She was a personal spirit guide to me. And then she asked if I would, you know, she said, 
it would be easier if you would just let me talk to them directly. And I was like, no way. No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Because um, that was a long time ago. And if you remember like the earlier channels that you may have heard, the voices sound very strange and kind of disconnected. And I thought that was weird and I didn't want to do it. But, you know, she poured her love into me and, and I trusted her. So the next class that I was teaching, I did let her do that through me. I think that um, for me, it was pretty gentle, like once I surrendered and I was very specific of, you know, I'm going to start with beings that I trust and that I know. And then I kind of, um, as I had more faith in myself and my ability to navigate it and my energy was more in harmony with them. So in the beginning, I was learning a lot. And my my energy didn't match Magdalene's. So because I was still very earthly, still very on my path of learning. And so you could hear quite a difference in my voice. But as I raised my frequency, it became more natural. And you don't hear a very distinct difference in the voices um, when they come through me often. So it was a learning path for me. I think one of the ways that I know it's not me is when I have that thought of, oh, that's really great. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I should listen to that. Right. And or I go back and listen to the channel and think, oh, yeah, that's really helpful to me to learn. Um, that's a really good way to know it's not your imagination. <laughs> and is people talk about different sensations in your body. How does it feel when you're channeling? um I like the energy it feels comfortable for the most part and again that would be different depending on who I'm channeling um I tend to feel their energy so uh one of the first times I channeled um I channeled mother Mary early on and um it was around her son's death. And so when she entered my body, and this happens with other beings too, she then felt the emotion. So in spirit, we don't really feel emotion. But once she joined into my body, I just started crying because she could then experience um, emotion again in that grief. But then there's also very joyful ones and it's giddy and it's fun and they're having, you know, and then I feel energized and playful interesting I mean there's coincidences here I live in the south of France I'm originally Australian but I'm right near the Mary Magdalene trail that many people take it's it's fascinating what what sort of messages does Mother Mary or or Magdalene offer to the world Mm -hmm. um Mary Magdalene to me has been mostly about divine love. I I suppose they both are. Um, Mary Magdalene focuses on um, soul connection and love, acknowledgement of the divine feminine. I think, you know, in both of those cases, and I, I do channel outside of the Christian dogma or, you know, lineage, but um, in both of those situations, especially in Mary Magdalene, you know, she was just taken out of the picture. And so there is a a message that comes through about embracing the divine feminine energy and the importance of bringing that balance in. 
Um, and then she introduced me to Isis, who she said was one of her teachers. And um, Isis has a very strong energy. And Isis is often talking about the dance between the dark and the light and there's the, that there's beauty in it. And so to remember that we are a full spectrum of energy, of light, and that every aspect of ourselves is divine. But what's your advice for people to connect with these divine beings? You know, you asked about how do I know it's not just my mm. imagination? And that's a tricky question because imagination is your gateway to connecting. So we often assume that we have, because we don't want it to be just our imagination, we have to shut down our imagination and that ends up blocking us. And so it's really important to begin by remembering that imagination precedes every action that we do. So if I were to say, you know, please go out to your car and get something out of the glove compartment, you, in that second that I said that, your brain imagined where your car was parked, imagine maybe, you know, what could have been in your car that you could have taken out. And in our, in our daily life, we wouldn't notice that. We just get that flash and then we go to the other room or wherever we're going. But a lot of times when people are working at this level, they cut that piece out and then it blocks everything. So it's okay to imagine that Magdalene is with you, you know, imagine your relationship with her. And I teach it through guided meditation to connect more deeply with the beings and to get a, a relationship with them established before you move into say channeling, but you're, you can use a guided meditation and imaginative energy in order to begin those conversations. And at some point you notice, okay, this is more than just me thinking. So where can people find out more about you through your website? Yes, SheilaApplegate.com is um, where you can find me and also on all social medias and I'm doing a morning show now three days a week so you can hear me if you want to hear me um three days a week you can hear me on solivity which is solivity.com okay and I will leave a link to your website in the show notes so people talk about channeling or accessing levels of consciousness we often think it's far away some far distant universe is that correct or is it here it's right here everything's right here <laughs> and maybe at a far distance universe but we have that innate ability inside of us and we just forget it um one of the things that i i always try to connect it to things that we're doing naturally and we think that um you know we couldn't travel through time or thoughts or consciousness, but we're doing that all the time. So if if we're worried about something, we've moved into the future and that our attention is in the future. If we're, you know, reminiscing about something, we're in the past. And so our our ability to navigate on a multidimensional level is so natural that we almost overlook it. But we also know as we go through our day 
when we're feeling like really in alignment and everything is flowing or when we're having a negative day and our thoughts are negative and everything, you know, it starts out with one thing going astray and then everything follows because we're now thinking in that way. So um, I, I've really dedicated a lot of time to helping people understand that and then access we talk about accessing higher levels of consciousness. And that to me is, um, I teach that through a meditation technique I call conscious meditation. And it helps you navigate between this whole individual self that we're in and oneness. Because more and more people get the concept of oneness. You know, science has proven an energy connects us all. We're all connected and people might go into a silent meditation and feel connected, but how do we bring that into our daily life? So I, I discovered or work with a few different frequencies um, that I teach people to access and to play in. One is the Crystal Canyon, and that's where we might think of ascended masters and kind of having dialogue with our loved ones who've crossed over, knowing our true, true soul self. And then the next one is the vibrant new earth. And that's a magical place where we can let our imagination just manifest whatever we desire and kind of move beyond our struggle. And then we move into divine grace and then to oneness. And we learn to access those um, those frequencies and use them as we go through our day versus just in meditation and then kind of going through our day and, you know, getting in an argument, going home, meditating, coming back, apologizing. <laughs> so it's really actually more accessible than most people think. I think we add a lot of um, thought and dogma to the situation when we talk about spiritual consciousness and it, it complicates things. I love that. And I, I love what you said about you can do an hour, for example, an hour's meditation and then <clears throat> have a terrible day and be really angry at someone and have the worst <laughs> thoughts. How do we, how do we holistically create that awareness throughout our daily walking life, waking life. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you said walking and I think <laughs> that's um, important because one, sometimes when I'm teaching people to do these meditations to help stay in that space, they'll, I'll tell them to do it while they're walking or working out, you know, their audios and put them in your um, earphone while you're walking because you're getting your body to be conscious that it can navigate the world, right? It's not sitting and separate. You're not leaving your body to go meditate. You're bringing all those energies down to earth. Um, so understanding that and bringing it to us versus leaving our body. Um, in my individual meditations with people, I combine almost like a hypnotherapy. So people start talking while they're in that meditative state. And that helps them to expand their vision because I'll ask questions. And then, you know, when I ask it, they see more because sometimes when we're just in there, we get the impression. So we don't bother seeing the details. Um, but then when um, I ask them questions, we're also 
creating those neural pathways between the the meditative state, those frequencies, and our talking state and our conscious state, so that we can actually live from those places um, in our day more accessibly. I mean, I guess we are we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, but in your opinion, what, why why are we here? That's an interesting question. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, I've gone through probably the path that most people uh, listening have gone through. In early days, I was raised in a Christian um, family, pretty progressive, but still Christian, where there was the idea of, you know, we're sinners, and then we get, you know, we, we kind of endure this life, and then we get to go to heaven. Um, so there's that enduring. And then when I was studying metaphysics earlier in my life, that kind of switched to, well, this is a school, right? We're learning. That's where karma comes in. And once we master ourselves and once we learn things, then, um, then we've accomplished the human experience. I now see it more like a playground. We are whole and complete beings and we are a part of oneness and oneness always wants to expand and to become more like that drive that we have to be more. That's a part of our connection to oneness. So, you know, I see us now here on earth as the great adventurers, those part of pieces of oneness, those souls who want the experience of going as far away from that vibration of connection to see, to stretch ourselves, to explore how it feels not to remember and then to go back and remember again and to experience the five senses Every being that is not in the five senses, whether they've been here or not, uh, always talks about the gift of our five senses, because there really isn't another, you know, when we don't have a physical body, we don't get to experience touch or um, sight or taste, all these beautiful things. So I see it now more as our chance to play and to experiment and to see how deeply we can connect our truth, our remembrance with this physical body. You are, you just make me smile. You're such a bundle of joy. How, <laughs> for those of the audience, how, you know, we suffer so much in this world and, and how can we experience more joy? And this is so many questions. And for those that are, is, are suffering, what, well, what's your advice? Yeah. So even though I say that, you know, this is about joy and experiencing, the reality is one of those things that we as souls want to experience is the pain, because it's a sensation that we don't have outside of this frequency. And so um, we do experience pain. We do experience the illusion of separation and all of these things. And I never deny that. I think that the when we ask about how do we experience joy to truly experience joy, we have to be open to experience all the emotions. So a lot of times people are trying to push away what they consider bad emotions or negative emotions and stay in the ones that are more pleasant um, and maybe even feel guilty when they are experiencing something um, that is not comfortable. But if we learn to 
not disconnect when we're in pain, when we can be in pain and understand that we're still part of a soul, a consciousness, something bigger. It allows us that experience of not fighting against it, but embracing it and allowing ourselves to move through the process. So there's days um, where, you know, I might be grieving. Um, my parents died, both parents died within the last couple of years. So, you know, that's just one example of like, I might miss my parents that day where the day before maybe my mom was hanging out with me in my mind and my consciousness. Um, but I let myself go into that space and feel it because even that is part of love. It's part of grace. It's it's the nostalgia of what we had, right? And then in that remembrance, I don't deny the fact that I know she's right there. Her energy's right there and I can shift my attention to it when I want to. But for that moment, I'm feeling pain or physical pain. All of those emotions that we push against or think we did something wrong, we need to just take the time to embrace them. And then we can actually experience joy more fully um, and not cut ourselves off from it when we're going through something difficult. Simple but challenging. <laughs> I just right. wanted to ask you about your, <laughs> well, particularly your soul connections sessions, um, life paths and connecting with loved ones that have transitioned. I'll leave you to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> so for many years, I did spiritual readings and healing sessions and um, communicated with loved ones who've crossed over, worked with spirit guides. And now, and then I took a break from doing that. And that's when I created Consciously Awesome Gnostic Adventures, which is the the program that allows you to access all of those levels of consciousness. So soul connections are kind of sessions are kind of like coming back and putting all that together. So we can do a typical spiritual reading where we could, you know, where I do the connection for you. If you're, if someone's in a space where they just need to hear, um, and, I have a therapy background too. So even if we're doing those, you know, even when I was doing readings, there was sometimes, you know, multidimensional therapy happening because sometimes you have things to work out with a loved one who's no longer on earth. Um, so these sessions sort of take you where you are and I have a conversation with you to begin with to see what you want to get out of it. I tune into spirit to see what the best way for you to um, receive in that moment. There is the opportunity to um, also for people who are wanting to feeling that calling or feel ready for me to lead you in like the conscious meditations that I do in Consciously Awesome. I lead you in and we begin that um, dialogue together so that you're getting the information directly, because I'm always wanting to help people to learn to connect. So those sessions have, there's a whole, you know, it kind of is like, okay, let's get together, find out what you need in this moment, what skills that I have that are going to help you the best in this moment as you move forward. Thank you. A couple of questions. So it's your belief that we all have spirit guides? Yes, <laughs> I do. Um, I and, and I think that can be considered in different ways. 
you know, I think we have our loved ones. I, I know that our loved ones are still accessible in consciousness, even after they've crossed over, not only because of the relationships that I've had, um, but because I, over these years, have done readings with thousands of people around the world and known things that I had no way of knowing, right? So the 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 act of being a reader itself makes you know that there is something beyond. Um, and spirit guides to me as kind of a big envelope word because maybe a loved one is guiding you. Some people consider them like angels. Um, some people consider them aliens uh, from, you know, beings from another planet Everybody has their own way of perceiving them, plus everybody has their own um, connections that are there for them. And so it's exploring that. And I did. I have noticed that these energies, these beings that help support us and guide us, um, they appear for people in a way that the person is able to receive it. And then they can grow together from that point. Thanks, Sheila. I just have to ask you, I know many of the Passion Harvest audience have lost loved ones and would like to connect with them. What, what's your tips or tools to do this? The, um, so first, just check in with your beliefs. And if you have any beliefs that make you think that that's not possible, see where they came from, if there's anything that you want to do to change that belief. So if we go back to my childhood in high school, I was in a philosophy class and the question was posed, you know, do you believe in life after death? And as I listened to everyone talking at that moment, I made a decision and I said, oh, we're never going to know until we die the answer to that question. And when we die, there is going to be something or there isn't. So I'm going to make a choice to believe what makes me feel good while I'm alive. So I made that choice in high school, kind of, you know, more from a philosoph philosophical place. And then from that space, I had all these experiences where that was shown to me. So you need to at least begin with, I'm willing to believe this for right now, you know, and then it proves itself. Um, I also have a meditation that I can offer the link for, for the um, listeners that will take, lead you in and allow you to meet a loved one on a bench in your imagination, in your meditation and begin that conversation. Again, let your imagination be a part of it. Um, I also say like, take your um your loved one to work we have in the in the states we have take your daughter to work day or things like that and i say take your loved one to work or you and and just like having an imaginary friend let them be a part of your day and just play with that and let that dialogue come because the more open you are the more that they can communicate with you and you can offer up symbols. You can make decisions. Like when I see a cardinal, I'm going to know it's you. And now they have a tool. So you're developing a language with your loved one. Yes. Believing and, and, and it's a tool. It's a practice as well. Nothing happens. We, we want everything immediately. So do I, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it doesn't always happen like that. Yeah. Yeah, and the more you 
play with it instead of try or analyze it, the more it will come alive. And then you'll reach that point where you can just rest in. And you know, the thing is, when you're starting out, like, so what if it's just your imagination? Like, so what if they're not really there? Are you feeling better? Does it feel better to have your, you know, your loved one next to you throughout the day to have that conversation with them? So even if it was never proven more than that, would that help you? And if you just say yes to that, then you can let it move from there. It's all, it, I agree. It's almost like getting out of your head really and feeling with your heart, moving yeah. that mind that mind aside. Um, Sheila, I've loved having you on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you? Mm. <laughs> um, well, I do have the the book Enchanted One is, um, those are messages from Isis and Magdalene. And then my experience of integrating that. So that's another way of looking at like when those messages came in, I didn't understand them. But then I talk about how I took those messages and then I learned them myself, even though I was the one speaking them. So um, that might be a way for someone who is doubting to look and say, oh, this is the process that happens. And I am just recently an author, a co-author of a book called The Oracle, The, the Energy Healers Oracle. And that's 20 master healers from around the world all talking about their stories. And my partner, Zach, and I talk about this um, energy modality called fractal illumination, which helps to harmonize you with the changing of the world because our earth energies are changing and um, we can either move forward in a smooth, gentle way by staying open or we can resist it and then learn about it later. <laughs> Great name, fractal illumination. What a wonderful name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that came, the name came to us when the, when the energy came to us but it took us a while to understand how it fit in um, and and what it was doing and that it activates us. And it, it works with that piece of us that is a fractal of all that is right down to our cellular level and our I, DNA. I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and thank you for having oh, me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Sheila Applegate, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Oh, I loved being here with you and having this conversation. It was my thank pleasure. You. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe.